We're talking solar, big and small, with Amherst, Missouri's Matt Fork. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen, joined by producer on the boards, Matt Patterson. Good morning, sir. Good morning, James. And we have a very special guest today. We have Matt Fork, who is the Vice President of Community, Economic Engagement, Economic Development, and, and Energy Solutions for Ameren, Missouri. Did I get all of that? You got that right, James. I appreciate that it. That is a huge title. A lot, a lot of words. Yeah, a lot now, of words. Now, Matt, we've, we've known each other for a couple of years. Is that a new position? I know it's new to you, but like, is it is it new? Is Ameren always had this position? It is a new position for Ameren. The, the teams were in place, so we, okay. had a, we had a community development team. We've had an economic development team for some time. Energy Solutions encompasses our traditional economic develop. Or I'm sorry, energy efficiency programs, which, right. are, which have been around uh, since MIA was passed in 2009. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new piece of the team is the uh, kind of customer facing renewable, which we'll right. talk about a little bit today. And that's but taking those uh, different teams and putting them under one umbrella. Uh, is an initiative to, we think, really provide better line of okay. sight to customers and more benefit to customers over time. So kind of a restructuring of what you already had. Correct. Okay. So yeah, because we you know, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we work with you on that we talk a lot about, about some of the things going on in front of the PSC. Uh, so we want to jump into that because it's really exciting stuff that we want our listeners to know about because we do have breaking news. Breaking news, and we should talk about it right now. Yeah, because right here. yes, we should. Yeah. Okay, so the Public Service Commission had an agenda meeting yesterday, which they do live online, and yes. they made a decision. They actually ruled on, I guess it was a, a settlement and stipulation, agreement and stipulation in regards to Amherst, Missouri's Charging Ahead program. Am I, am I on the right track with that? You, you're on the right track. Okay, so we all kind of came together. I know this is a program that we supported. We were kind of late to supporting it because it just we were still trying to figure some stuff out. But this is kind of involving electrification, EV charging stations. I'll let you explain it. Yeah, you, you bet. And okay. To, 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 to explain it, let, let me just t- take a step back. And if sure. You, if you think about um, electric vehicles and the immersion of electric vehicles, you, you see them around town. You'll see a, a Nissan Leaf here. You'll see a Tesla there. There are only about 30 models on the market today. Yeah. EPRI, which is the Electric Research Power Institute, mm, right. forecasts that we'll have over 120 models on the market two years from now. Okay. So we are excited about that. And if you couple that with additional EPRI research that talks about in the next decade, mm-hmm. we'll have almost 20 million cars on the road, EVs on the road, wow. excuse me. And so to support that, you got to have the charging infrastructure. And it's it's a chicken and the egg thing, right? That, that, kind that, of. That, that's exactly right. So yeah. some, some more some more research by Epri. You know, they believe that the, the the country, the United States, will have to have two million public charge ports to support this build out, this growth of EVs. Today we have less than a hundred thousand. Of course, probably mm, most of right. those are, are you know bookend on either coast, probably. So we've been talking to stakeholders. Uh, right. We've we've had some filings in front of the commission, and we're just thrilled uh, and, and very appreciative of the support from stakeholders that yesterday 
the Public Service Commission uh, in agenda did approve mm -hmm. uh, another program for EV charging. So we, we have a program that was approved about a year ago, give or take, which allows us to build out the corridor. So right. minimal viable network, which, you know, if you think across I-70, think about about every 40 miles, there'll be a charge port. Oh, so wow. Okay. To, to really give customers confidence to drive across the state or, you know, down toward Oklahoma or across toward Kansas City, they can buy an EV and not just stay in one location. They can really get out. And, will this know, be on I-44 as well? It, it will be. Yes. Okay. It'll be down I-44. It'll be up across the 36 corridor. If you okay. Know, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one program, it's been approved, but what got approved yesterday is what we call the around town charging. So the opportunity for us to partner with businesses, partner with multifamily dwellings, mm. uh, to provide some incentive dollars so that that business or that multifamily dwelling could could uh, could install charge ports right. at, at their location. So if you think about, if you think about a traditional, you know, how we think about traditional EV owner, you think about, hey, we'll just charge, you know, they'll charge in the garage or they'll charge right. in the home, but not everyone can do that. No. So having workplace charging, having a place at multifamily dwellings is, is extremely important. Mm -hmm. So the commission approved uh, about five to six million dollars. We think it's going to allow for about a thousand public charge ports over wow. the next three years. We're super excited. Maybe we're most excited about is just the partnership opportunity. So Amber, Missouri will not own and operate these. We'll pay a portion. Of I the, see. We'll pay a portion of the charge port cost. Uh, to, to the business, to the developer, to the multifamily dwelling, mm -hmm. uh, so that they will own and operate it, uh, but it allows for more charge ports over time by this partnership opportunity. And so I guess, it, I don't know if it's too early to talk about how that's going to work. Is this going to be something that people can apply for to have those EV charging stations at their multifamily location or at their business? Is that how it's going to work? At, at a high level, absolutely. We're still working mm -hmm. out the details. Look for something right. early in the first quarter of next year. Okay. That, that, that what you just said is what we would anticipate. Mm -hmm. uh, probably an application process. There'll be a, a you know there's some engineering specs and design yeah. work that has to be done uh, by the customer by the applicant. We'll have a review process. But if you think solar rebate process uh -huh. uh, could be a similar process, if your listeners are familiar with that. All right. So if that process starts at the beginning of next quarter, I mean, as far as this corridor you're talking about, when is that going to start? Has that started? So, so the corridor has already started. The locations were pre-identified when the commission uh, approved that. So mm -hmm. along I-70, I think I can rattle them off. It's If you go west to east, it's it's Boonville, Kingdom City, oh. Warrington, Wentzville. Uh, yeah. There are three locations down 55. There are one or two down 44. Okay. I don't know the exact locations. Those have been pre-identified. So a similar type of process, we're working with the businesses at those corridors, the stipulation and agreement identified like a zone around an intersection. So within right. that zone, there's applicants that could bid on it. Mm -hmm. those, those will be partnerships and incentive dollars as well. I see. And I mean, so like, how do you know that it's there? How are you going to have like signage on the road? Is it going to be an app that you can use? How does that work? Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, signage, uh, you know, th there are some some public charge port apps today where you can identify. Yeah. So, you know, we'll plug in with all the right channels so that our customers and, 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 and people moving through the corridor will understand where the charging opportunities are. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's because obviously, I mean, to me, there's all these great programs that Amron does and all these other utilities do, but sometimes it's a matter of how do you get that out to the public? Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of, I mean, a lot of information in the energy space. And, right. And, you know, being effective in letting customers know what's right. available, when it's available, and how it benefits them is really important. Because I think if people knew that if they're out driving and they knew that they had an opportunity yep. to go, uh, not lack of a better word, charge up, yep. they would be they would feel more comfortable with yep. that. Yeah, right. I agree. Um, and, and before we shift gears, maybe, oh yeah, maybe we're yeah. noting. You know, so your listeners, uh, I would have to, 
probably say most of them are excited about EVs. Maybe many of them, many of them I think, are yes. already driving EV. Yeah. But you, you may have a listener or, you know, we serve 1.2 million customers across the state, about half the state's population. Uh, many of them will think, why should, uh, why should Ameren be paying incentive money for EVs? I think that's a fair question. It's a question we get. Yeah, so I think, I mean, just what's in it for everybody? Right. If you, if you look at how rates are made, and, you know, this is the old hat you used to make, you know, when you were <laughs> in, in the regulatory process, you know, fixed cost business divided by number of kilowatts sold in the test year. Right. When you have charging that happens on the grid, you're selling more kilowatts, and you're dividing that across right. the same fixed cost. So it really helps, even if you don't buy an EV, the fact that these are available and you have more charging mm-hmm. on our system, you have more kilowatts being sold that helps keep rates stable and predictable for all of our customers right. so it really is it really is benefit across the system we think very similar to how energy efficiency benefits the whole system whether you engage or not you're getting benefits from it yeah because there's always this question about energy efficiency or led lighting or anything like that where it's like well okay that's great for the person using it but how does it help the overall public and that's i mean right. ultimately to me when you when you have less you know when you're talking about efficiency being used or like with electric vehicles um, you also have this opportunity for, and this is pretty wonky, but like to store, it can be served as like kind of a storage for power as well. I mean, those batteries do kind of have that function and that gets into a whole lot of other like rate issues. But I do think that even if you're not driving an EV uh, or you're not even necessarily taking advantage of an energy efficiency program, it you see a benefit from that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I, that's tough because I mean, that's something you might not be able to, like you, you can't make that direct I, I, I see a benefit to my bill and or I see a benefit to my service, but I don't know where that's coming from. Because one of the challenges that you probably have and that I have is that people like take sometimes they take their electricity for granted. Yes. They think, well, I turn my light on. Everything's fine. But they don't think about it beyond that. And I think part of what we have to do for a living is to make people think beyond that yep. in different ways. Sometimes the same way. <laughs> yes, that's right. So we're very excited about this. We're glad that the, the commission signed off on this, uh, and we're excited to like try to help promote it. I mean, part of what we're doing today is making sure you know however many people are listening to this, which varies from time to time, uh, make sure they know about it. And so, yeah, that's exciting. Yep. And so are some of these other things that we 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 have either some of the stuff we have approval for or some of the stuff we're waiting on. And it's all involving solar. And, and one of the things, you know, we know that Ameren has been aggressive and we've been supportive with building up your wind. Uh, we're talking about, you know, your IRP from 2017 was going to have 750 megawatts of wind. You've got approval from the Public Service Commission for that. But then there's always been this solar component as well, which, you know, solar is always, I mean, when we talk about utility stuff, when we talk about utility uh, generation solar is never as prominent as wind and i mean i think that's because wind is cheaper <laughs> wind might be easier to build in this part of the country but you do have some programs out there and i kind of want to start talking about one that is already ongoing one that we think has already been successful and one we hope that will lead to more success is your community solar that you've all done so in a nutshell what is your community solar program yeah it, it, this transition there, and we are very excited about our, our products and services uh, for our customers in the renewable space. So renewable uh, products and services for customers. Well, let's start with community solar. Yeah. About a year ago, I lose track of time, but but r- r- roughly a year ago, we made the announcement that we were going to build uh, the, the the state's first investor-owned utility 
community solar project. Right. It's, it's at Lambert Airport. Right. So if your listeners ever drive by Lambert, if they look north, uh, if they're headed east and they look, you know, they look north right before they get to the airport, you can see it. If you know where to look, you can see it, but okay. that's where it is. It's a one megawatt site. It, it works pretty simple. Simple. Uh, just like we talked about with EV chargers, uh, there's no like one way. So a traditional solar system, you think about a, a customer who, who works with a vendor, buys a system, installs it on the rooftop, and, and that sort of thing. That's, I think, the traditional way. Mm-hmm, right. But, but what our customers are telling us is not, not, they're not all traditional, especially in St. Louis, you know, which is the tree city USA. A lot of times there's huge, beautiful, mature trees around homes. Right. A lot of our customers live in, you know, apartments or condo units. Yeah, they don't have high that, rises. Yeah, they don't have access yeah. to their rooftops. So there's a lot of reasons why it's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. So we're so excited about this community solar. It was uh, approved by the commission as a pilot. Right. Uh, and so we went uh, really just a limited uh, communication to customers. It was fully subscribed in 55 days. And now we have a, bo- a backlog of almost two additional projects. Right. Which, which, we, haven't made, which we haven't made firm plans for. But I was going to ask if yeah. there's any plan for that. but We, we continue to think about uh, the next step. And, okay. And, and we'll communicate with your group and others as we have those firm plans. But but how it no works, breaking news on that. Yeah, no okay. breaking news there. <laughs> but how it works and what customers uh, have found very beneficial is it's it's really simple. You can buy up to you can you can buy up to half of your energy use. Uh, okay. From, from community solar blocks, a block of power is roughly five dollars more than a traditional block. And can you explain what a block of power is when you're using that term? Yep, I sure can. Yeah. A typical customer uses a uh, thousand kilowatts. Okay. And we have them segmented into 100 kilowatt blocks. Okay. So in this example, oh, I see. In, in this example, you can you can offset half of your energy use. A typical customer is a thousand. They can mm-hmm. buy five 100 kilowatt blocks. Yeah. They're five bucks a block. So so a, tradi- a typical customer could lock in solar energy for the next decade and a half. Uh, for half of their energy at $5 more than traditional power. And that cost won't change. Right. It, it could possibly go down as we add additional community solar sites. We'll, we, 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 we'll have to think about how we deal with that cost. So we could blend it if cost of solar goes right. down, but it won't go up. We've made that commitment. There's a $25 initi- initiation fee. If you move, you just end your subscription right. and the next person in line jumps in. So really, if you think about the cost benefit, it is it is a really good cost benefit compared to a traditional system, and our customers are overwhelmingly telling us that they support it. We just we just had a survey in the field. We're required to uh, to give a report to regulators every right. quarter, so the third quarter report uh, has been filed. I believe it's public, but we did a lot of polling with our customers for this report. Uh, over ninety percent of them say they're happy with the. Oh, good! Program. That's a that's an incredible yeah, fee- it, bit of feedback. So, we, so yeah, we're really excited. Uh, the feedback initially is is really positive, and I think what we're learning is uh, our customers want more of this. And I think yeah. that's you know that's why you do a pilot is is you want to listen. We think we we heard the voice of the customer. Now you have to test it through a pilot, and so now we're evaluating how many you know backlog waitlist subscriptions we have and, and what the right next steps are going to be. Because that's still ongoing. You're still getting people that are saying, "I want to do this." You take that information. You keep it, yep. and then whenever you move ahead and you solidify those plans, yep. you will then start adding those people. But but for talking about it like this, we're doing zero marketing. The last right. the last two week block, we had seventy seven blocks sold. I mean, so wow. I mean, we continue to get customers yeah. calling us, going through the website. By the way, website AmberMissouri.com oh. forward slash community solar. 
There's a whole list of Q&A. We'll send that out. Perfect. With you, can, yeah. you can <clears throat> sign up. You can get on the wait list, uh, and you'll get uh, emails from us if you're on the wait list about okay. what's, what's going to be happening in the future. Yeah, and I mean, you also, I mean, I think, you know, you've got some some uh, a new law statute that says you can build up to one megawatt of solar and not have to, like, go through regulatory hoops yes. to do that. So, I mean, will that make that easier to do these plans? I think it, I think it just it potentially adds a little bit of flexibility to look at smaller community sites uh, right, it, which which uh, could have benefits to local communities. I mean, you've been in the political world; all <laughs> politics are local, and to the extent you can, and to the extent you can put these in neighborhoods and local communities, right. I think that's good. I will also tell you uh, at the same time some of the uh, polling we did with customers, and like I said, it just filed with the commission. Two thirds of customers don't tell us they don't care where their uh, community solar site is located. They so, don't. They, they don't, and so okay. so that's also an interesting input. Uh, but yes, the the change in law that was in the Smart Energy Plan passed right. by the General Assembly in 2018 takes away the the need for certificate of what convenience and necessity yeah. for yeah. a generating plant solar if it's one megawatt or less. Right. So I mean, so so you've got these people. They want this. You say they don't necessarily have a preference on where they have it if it's like in their neighborhood or not. But it would be somewhere in your ter- territory. It would absolutely be in our territory, and I think we are considering more local versus regional sites. Again, no announcements yet. Right. We're thinking through a lot of this. And ultimately, I think I think it comes down to how do you get the most solar for the most benefit of customers? And if you can find sites like Lambert. Yeah. So, so if people understand the Lambert site, it's a hillside. Lambert was paying to maintain it. They had to cut the grass. They had to maintain it. So <laughs> A lot of space. We, we were able to, to work with the city and, and the airport director and the mayor's office and, and really get a, a long-term lease at a very low cost. So we don't have to pay for a site. Uh, or, yeah. or It's a low-cost re- lease. I mean, we are paying for a site, but it's much greater value to our customers, the community solar uh, subscribers, than having to pay. Maybe and if you re- own that yeah, location. Yeah, to pay retail for yeah, that site. That makes sense. And then, oh, by the way, the airport doesn't have to mow it anymore. So they're saving some oh, good. O&M costs on the back end. And it doesn't have glare. It does not. That's good because yes. people are like, oh, wait, don't yes. these solar panels have a glare? Is my pilot going to be concerned about this? There, there, were, there were a lot of poops that, that some I'm aware of and many that I was not aware ah. of when, when you get uh, when you cite these things adjacent yeah. to an airport. Yes. Yeah, because I know that's like something. I mean, I know Indianapolis has a huge solar array out by their airport. Yeah. I'm not sure who maintains that, but it's. Yeah. But you're starting to see that technology. Like everything else, solar is becoming a lot more agile and a lot easier to access. And so, just like anything else, yeah. which leads us to like some of the other stuff you're doing, because you talk about like kind of citing this and where you put this, uh, yeah. where you put these arrays. You're also doing some work with some not for profits and with some institutions in. The St. Louis area about neighborhood solar. Uh, I've, you know, there's been some press about that. There's been some discussions about that. We have certainly been engaged with Washington University about that on a kind of a separate matter that we will be announcing sooner than later. But talk about what this is. You're working with the Missouri Botanical Garden. You're working with WashU. It's called Neighborhood Solar. Tell our listeners what that is. Absolutely. So, so yet another program under kind of renewable. <coughs> Renewable products and services is something called Neighborhood Solar. Released, not breaking news, but but new news. News. We released it two or three weeks ago. News to you. Yeah, that's right. And the, <laughs> that's right. And the, and the idea is this. So customers, uh, in addition to telling us about maybe a community solar option that not everyone is traditional and, and providing solar in that way, 
We also had businesses and communities coming to us and asking us about solar. Right. Amber, Missouri, can you partner with us to put solar at our location? Or a school coming to us and Mm. saying, how can you put, you know, can you put solar here? Or case of a community college that has a technical program, maybe around electronics. Hey, can you put solar on our site and we'll integrate it into some workforce development? Exactly. Exactly. Workforce development. And so... We, we, we took that voice to the customer, and we actually coupled it with the Smart Energy Plan, the mm-hmm. Senate Bill 564, right. which, which passed last year. It, it has a provision in there where Amherst, Missouri, uh, is committed to spend $14 million, uh, investment or more on, right. un- on universal solar. So instead of maybe just doing that at a greenfield site, what we would like to do, and what we file with regulators, is this idea of taking that voice to the customer about how can you get, mm-hmm. how, you know, how can we engage in solar with you, Amherst, Missouri, Taking that with the smart energy plan, putting those together, and that's the that's a program called Neighborhood Solar that yeah. we released a couple of, of weeks ago. So here's how the program works: any uh, school, community college, non for profit, really any business can go to our website. I'll give you another website. Oh, link, okay. AmherstMissouri.com forward slash Neighborhood Solar. Neighborhood Solar. Really simple. Go okay. there. There's a Q&A <laughs> and there's an application. Yeah. And it allows, you know, we serve 500 communities across the entire state. So yeah. we, we think it allows opening up this process to all of the communities we serve. Uh, so this is not just St. Louis. Not just St. Louis. Okay. It's all across our footprint. Uh, and, and so we're looking in terms of, you know, again, anyone can apply but the, the filings we made with regulators uh, in terms of a decision matrix, you know, visibility to the public, maybe income eligible, workforce training, mm-hmm. workforce development. And if, if you step back and just think about that, James, I think we're just asking, how can you have impact, positive impact in that community beyond the energy, right? Your, right. your, your group's been an advocate uh, for good, clean solar energy for a long time. And, and that by itself is, is cool enough. But, but you're right. How can you have additional impact in the community as a result of, of partners? Something we think about a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm. And how again? How does it help other customers? Uh, you know, so if one of these you know doesn't get cited in your community or your neighborhood, again, it's about it's required for Amherst, Missouri to make this investment. It's required in the Smart Energy Plan. So to the extent we can have partnerships, well, we're not buying sites. Mm-hmm. So the site would host it for a period of probably 15 to 20 years at no cost. Okay. So we're really getting lower cost solar on the grid, which means more solar on the grid, right. which means an opportunity for us to partner with local entities. Our goal is to build, we're taking applications now, so any of your listeners that can yeah. work with, you know, work with, uh, go to the website, check it out. These are small like yeah. kind of like small customers. We're not talking about big corporations here. It, it could be. It could be. And, and maybe, okay. It may be. And the other thing to think about too is again, where's the impact beyond the solar? Maybe there's an opportunity to put uh, car charging plugged into the solar. Maybe there's yeah. a battery backup component. So, I think having a diversity of projects uh, through this application process yeah. is something we're looking for. Both diversity in location across the state, diversity of education versus uh, you know. Maybe elementary school versus community college versus uh, different types of you know local uh, income eligible. We also use this term called community hub. So a lot of mm-hmm. communities have these locations, be it city hall or something else, where you have a large percent of the population in and out of an yeah. area for for a reason. Uh, so that would be another location to consider for this neighborhood solar. Bottom line is we want to take applications now. Okay. Since we launched, we have over forty applications oh. in two weeks, which is amazing. We're going to decide on at least two sites by the end of the year to build next year. Okay. We want to do a total of seven and maybe more depending on how the budget sure. works out. Right. Uh, but that's that's the goal of that program. 
I would put it kind of in the same vein as the first community solar offering, which is somewhat a pilot. Yeah. This, we think we're You're in this trying with, this out. We think we're in this with our customers to learn. I think we're going to gain insights that, that we have not thought about. I mean, traditionally, you think about solar on rooftop, canopy parking and so you know, in parking lots and, you know, kind of in adjacent fields. But I think, right. we're, I think we're going to learn from customers potentially about other options, about other impact beyond the energy. And we're really excited about this program. Yeah, it's exciting. And I think it's good that you're kind of focusing on those kind of opportunities. But I want to make sure this is for your general customers. This is not going to be something directly going to those customers using this. Correct. Right. The the energy goes on the grid. Right. In the location, not to the customer. So the customer won't, the, the, the applicant, successful applicant won't pay more or less. Right. They get solar free at their site. Uh, Owned by Amber, Missouri, operated and maintained right. by Amber, Missouri to benefit all of our customers. What they get is an educational opportunity. They get positive branding. Yeah. Maybe they plug in EV charging, like we said. Mm-hmm. So there's positive upside for them. And that's what the cu- our customers keep asking us for. You know, how can we get this? How can you make it easy and yeah. simple? Yeah. And this, we think uh, through this process, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, it's about do you, do you want to like have a committed, uh, tangible commitment to solar? Yes. Yeah. So that's what you're doing here. Yep. Right. Yep. And those applications are available. We'll send that link out too. Perfect. And you've also got <laughs> one more. That's right. And this is one I think has got, I think of all these, it's got a huge potential. This is pending before the Public Service Commission right now. It is. You are doing a solar storage kind of, it's kind of an interconnectivity kind of grid resiliency and modernization effort. Um, it's, I think, ambitious. I think it's forward thinking. And I think it, it has a potential to like really open up solar to a lot of other opportunities. So talk a little bit about what this filing is in front of regulators right now. We're excited about it. And if you read the headline from the press release, you know, Amber, Missouri to bring customers solar energy at night. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second. How, how does how that do, work? Do do, yeah, exactly. How do you do <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. So if you think about the problem we're trying to solve is there are some... Uh, more rural areas where you have long, uh, you have miles and miles of lines and poles that serve uh, a, a population at the end of that line. Low miles per meter, as we call yeah, it in the biz. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> what, what, when you have reliability problems or challenges, meters they, per know, mile. You, yeah, you, you, know, you have trees, you have storm, you know, more storm exposure because more, more miles of line. Yeah. Traditionally, what we would do is we would harden that line. So, you know, line hardening is, you know, stronger poles, you know, cross arms, maybe bigger conductor. That's a cost. Yeah. And so what we're thinking, and, and, and this is, you know, one of the first in the Midwest, is that you can strategically locate solar plus storage near the end or the midpoint of that line and do that in lieu of a major infrastructure investment for poles and wires. Mm. And provide you know even better reliability, possibly you know better reliability, improve reliability to the end of that. So what we did announce uh, about a month ago, James, is three solar plus storage projects across the state, more in rural. There, there are two of them north. One's near Kirksville, one's right. near Social Springs, and there, there's one you know I would say maybe you know an hour south of the St. Louis region, uh, and 10 megawatts of solar, right, and battery backup. We're excited. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Filing in front of the commission, it's between about a 60 or $70 million investment. Right. Uh, and uh, we'll be working with the commission, assuming approval, we would go to construction next year. Right. Which, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously it's got to go through that process where parties are involved or New Missouri's involved with that yep. case. 
our role is to support it. Our role is to point out things that we think are consistent with our mission about why this works. And yeah, I think like the solar and storage component, that is to me going to be like a lot of the future of utility of utilities in this country, in this world is be the ability to harness that. Because I mean, the thing that's hard about energy is you got to kind of use it when you get it. Yeah. <laughs> and so the ability to be able to have some sort of, have some ability to keep that in place for when you need it or when it's not being produced, that is tremendous. Yeah. And I think that has a potential to like blow the doors open on a lot of things. I think it can be, I think you can do it at this large level, this utility scale level. And even to the extent like what you're doing with some of these like smaller uh, arrays that you're looking at around your service territory, that that can even be applied there too. I know you're not doing that, yep. but I'm just saying I think that's a possibility. Yep. So that's that's the future. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> if, you th- if you think about it, it, you know, our customers uh, predominantly ask about two things: mm-hmm. first is cost, next is reliability. And again, we have a growing you know number of customers concerned about the things we're talking about today right charging and solar but you know primarily when we talk to our customers it's 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 cost and it's reliability if you think about the solar plus storage it's really potentially hitting both this 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 could be uh uh, and we believe is in this case a more efficient way so again keeping costs stable and predictable and the battery backup uh you know could provide uh reliability for about two hours should should you know should should the power go out on this long on this long, you know, line that feeds, you know, this section of the population or the section of this, you know, small community, whatever it is. And so it's really kind of providing, it's a new formula to think different, you know, how do you yeah. solve the problem? And so we're really excited uh, to bring it forward and uh, to your point, to engage in the stakeholder process right. and, uh, and see where it goes. Yeah, I'm not sure like who's going to be opposed to it. Uh, I know we're going to be supportive of it. I know that there's always concerns, but also, as we mentioned earlier, there is some emphasis to do this legally through Senate Bill 564 that passed uh, well, now over a year and a half ago. So that is kind of something that is, you know, authorized by law to kind of make it go a little smoother. Yep. Yeah, which sometimes that gets to happen. Yeah. Yep. And that's what we think is we has a lot of p- potential there. So, Matt Fork, you said it all. You're you're doing it all, but you probably got something else. So what can what else do you want to pitch? Just one, one more for, for your listeners. Yeah, you know, this is a time of year that you, you drive to work in the dark and you go home in the dark. And you know, four months ago, yeah, we didn't think about light bulbs. This is the this is the time of year you buy <laughs> light bulbs, which, which yeah. seems kind of crazy, but it's so true. So uh, energy efficiency programs, we are really pushing LED light bulbs oh, right now. Yep, big box stores have uh, Ameren from Ameren Missouri promotions. You can buy a four pack for ninety eight cents. Change. Wow, that's great. AmerenMissouriSavings.com. You can buy them off of our online store and get the same value. You can buy them in big box stores, but just another way, another easy way for customers to save money and be more efficient. Is this the new energy efficiency programs, or is this like still the existing? It's new. Yes, this is new. Uh, okay, under the MIA 3. which we got. Settled and we yes. wanted it to be better. Settled, we wanted it to be better. Settled and launched, <laughs> and we're uh, we're hitting our stride. It's still good. Yes, but so take advantage of it because it's a good it's a good thing that yeah. the law lets these utility companies do. We are trying to support that. We're trying to be you know uh, we're trying to make sure energy efficiency is something that people take seriously in their communities. So yes, go find that, and we'll send those links out. Matt Fork, thank you so much for your time. Hey. Really appreciate it, James. Uh, always great to have you on here. Appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. We want to make sure that you share this on your social media networks. We want to make sure that you write positive reviews about this on iTunes or Spotify. Don't write negative reviews. That doesn't help us with our numbers. And we want you to just keep listening. 
we thank you uh, for uh, for uh, in, uh, supporting Renew Gurus, and we thank you for everything you do for Renew Missouri. And so take care. And next, and we will see you next time. <laughs>